It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, November 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering if you agree with John Tortorella that the team was just flat last night versus Carolina. I don't agree. We will get into that, plus your mailbag questions and talk the Noah Cates injury all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks once again for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We as a show are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram threads and Blue Sky as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Russ, uh, very disheartening to hear about the Noah Cates injury. Uh, Apparently it's a broken foot and he will be out six to eight weeks. But breaks heal like really well. If it was like a high ankle, it would be six to eight. And then you'd wonder how that would be after like a broken foot. Once it's healed, it's really healed. So I don't think it's the worst thing. It, it, neither way, it, was, it wasn't going to be great, right? So could have been worse. Yeah, I guess so. It's just like when you think about the timing of it with Kate's getting one game where he was swung out to the wing uh, as opposed to being center and maybe getting a chance to kickstart his ideal style of game a little bit. I'm a little disappointed sure. for him. But uh, I, I do think that um, your point about a break uh, healing a little bit better than maybe a ligament or a tear or something like that, uh, for sure. Um, does mean Morgan Frost checks back in at the 2C spot, and uh, they decided to keep Ryan Paling as the 3C, and Lawton is languishing on the fourth line, I would say, right now. Like, it, it's just, I think it, it's fine there. He'll do what he's asked to do, and like, that's the kind of guy he is. But also, I feel like he would be able to kickstart his offense a little bit more elsewhere, like especially the kind of dynamics he sometimes has with Travis Konechny doesn't really get to play with him much anymore. That's true. But even so, there has to be full team accountability. So he should really be benched next game. He's not been good in the last two games. That game, he was horrific. And there's no real consequences for some of these veterans. I mean, look at Frost. He made a bad play in that game and he missed a few shifts. You know, it's a whole different set of circumstances here. So that's why if John wants to just give this blanket thing like they were flat, like they were slow. They were dumb. Yeah. Like there was other things at play here that would have nothing to do with being flat. You know, and the interesting thing is I was in the um, the Carolina room and, you know, spoke to Brendan Lemieux and, you know, he didn't feel like it was a revenge game because he likes a lot of these guys on the team. But what he did yeah. say is, and again, this is where I feel the team is getting out coached. 
they basically said their game plan was to keep putting stress on the Flyers. Just keep putting stress, keep putting stress. And you know what? That stress showed up in the third period big. Now, there were other good chances for them in the game that just didn't go in. There were shots that hit the post and did other things, but they didn't go in. But they did keep that stress up. And you know what? That was a good game plan for them. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, Torts also alluded to the fact that the bulk of the, the stress on the flyer side was on the blue line. And you, you really could see that through the course of the game. And um, I think the minutes were a little bit more evenly distributed on the blue line side of things for the Flyers. Um, I think you know, Walker was within a minute of uh, Travis Sandheim this time and ice time. Uh, so there was an attempt at a little bit more balance, but I think it was partially out of necessity because of the way that Carolina was playing. Okay, sure. And and I agree with some of that. But, like, why was Nick Sealer on the second pairing? Like, it's bad enough I want to move, you know, York down to the second pairing, but I definitely wouldn't want Nick Sealer there. And he was. Well, that's where you have to look at who's there and say, okay, if these are the guys you're putting in, you certainly don't want Stahl out there that much. Risto is still getting back uh, I mean, to his self in terms of time. So who else are you going to put out there? I Unless, still would have put Risto out there for more time. I would have. Yeah, well, he was out there for less time this game than he was so the then, previous Then he's not right. Which I, th I thought was, yeah, I thought it was yeah. interesting that that was the case. Um, I just wondered if they were trying to create a situation where they were getting more offensive chances as opposed to maybe having Risto or Hathaway out there as much and maybe instigate something that the Flyers didn't want to do. Maybe. I mean, maybe that was the plan. But, you know, the lines went into the blender for the entire third period practically. And, yeah. you know, right away, like, again, this is something that I can't stress enough. When you put a young guy in a situation where all of a sudden the line's in the blender, you saw what happened to Brink. It's an instant penalty because he's not used to playing with these guys. He's not a veteran where you could just switch him up at will. Like, this is where I think the coach has to understand some of the personnel that he has instead of just saying, you've got to conform to me. Yeah, I think that is a fair point as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that in the third period, especially, I, I noticed some tentative play by them. It's like in the first half of, of the third yeah. period, I would say. And I was trying to figure out if it was the Flyers because of all the switching up that they did, or was it really that the Canes just tightened things up and the Flyers weren't able to be successful? And I'm guessing it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I think it was a little bit of both. I think that's that's fair to say. I mean, you know, Carter Hart, that third goal with, you know, um, that was brutal. That was one that was yeah. going to go wide. There's no question it was going wide. Gets lost in the skates. Okay, it happened. He was having a pretty good game. But, again, there was a few others that really could have gone in for them. And I think there were a few that could have gone in for the Flyers. Kuchekov was laid out a few times. And there was one time where a defenseman definitely saved an empty net. But the um, the one thing that rang true was in the second period um we had noticed that things had really dipped the flyers yeah. were getting outshot 10-2 and so that was when the thing went into the blender and it's like okay but you really you know 
I think the thing that, to, that should have just been done was put Lawton up on a different line and stop with the rest of the fourth line. I think Hathaway and Deloria should have stopped playing because they were just too slow and monotonous. They never gained right. the zone entries. They didn't do much. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for that. I also think that going back to the blue line conversation here, it felt like Travis Sandheim yeah. was trying to do everything. No question. Game. And I'm not like, going to blame the game on him, even though he was on the ice for all no, those goals. Oh, no. That was happenstance. It was. No. I just, it just felt like he was trying to carry the team on his shoulders, and he was back-checking hard. He was trying to get a stick in there, but then he was up right. on the offensive side of things, too, like getting heavily involved in the plays. And like I, I feel like he was just taking too much on his shoulders that it just, like, you can't do that. It's a team sport. I mean, you can try, but I just felt like he felt responsible for everything that was happening out there. And A, it's not going to work. And B, like, he, he just shouldn't have right. to. Like, other people should be stepping up to right. support no him. No question about it. I think that's exactly what happened. And, you know, so when do I get to gloat about the uh, the power play? Well, we will talk about the power play and other things related to that game coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. On tomorrow's show, we will be previewing that matchup against the New Jersey Devils. Plus, we've got an early look at another draft-eligible prospect, so tune in for that. Um, I guess we do have to talk about the, pl- the power play, and this is a little bit of uh, timey-wimey stuff happening here. There's a mailbag question uh, where we'll uh, talk about it, and I, I guess you won't have to eat those words. Uh, nope. Spoiler alert. But yeah, the, the power play was 0 for 2. Uh, they tried a couple different personnel setups, including putting Hathaway in net front, which didn't really work because he didn't stay net front. I, I think that he didn't like do no. the job he was asked to do on, on that power play. 
Um, but they did mix up the personnel a little bit. Um, I, I'm not sure like what Walker was doing out there either. I just, I don't see him as a power play guy. He's per not. Se. He's not. Right. And so, you know, it, it's a real struggle. And I think that there is a serious coaching problem here. Um, and in theory, you know, they're addressing it. It's not working so far. Just something has got to give here because they just cannot get quality chances here. And and I would say that one of the big question marks I have right now is about Cam Atkinson because I feel like he should be succeeding on the yeah. power play and he's not. And I necessarily think it's his fault i think it's the setup's fault that is not playing to his strengths and he has i think that's true yeah and i don't think you know he hasn't scored a goal in six games now and that is very unlike him especially given the way he started this season and i just feel like he's not being given the right opportunities both on the power play and i think five on five like i just don't think he's on the right line and and i i think that he needs like maybe put him with Ryan Paling, you know, maybe bump him up to the top line. I I just think like he needs somebody that's going to dish him up. Yeah, I could see a different look from yeah. a jolt. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The other thing is, look, why would you put Cam? I mean, Cam. Why would you put Garnet Hathaway uh, net front? He doesn't have good hands. No. Here, here's what I would do. I would call up. I would call up Lehigh. Get Tanner Lazinski. You know, I spoke to Matty Campbell, <clears throat> and we both feel if you set him up net front, he's yeah. got good hands. He's got a little strength. He's got a little size. He's got good hands. Then at least you have a chance of somebody there scoring a And goal. he's got the right instincts, too, in terms of yeah. when he's got to get out of there because he has that center mindset. So I, I feel like right. he's just the perfect person to... But neither of us feel like he's no. getting the call up. That's the funny thing about this. I jokingly said, watch it be Victor Mete. And it wouldn't shock me if it, it's him or Belpedio. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all. Well, I mean, Belpedio is still on the roster right now. But I think that... Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about that from earlier. Uh, what if it's Mete? Yeah, Whatever. I, I don't know. But I think that if they're going to make a call up now, it should be a forward to fill in the plate. Of, sure. of Noah Cates to have an extra skater there and, and they certainly have the cap space for it so it, it should be okay especially if it's one of those younger guys that's not making a ton of money um, yeah I think that it it was just like a little bit of an indicator of how much further the Flyers need to go and I don't think it's a bad thing I really don't it's not a bad thing if you embrace what this game showed you, and you start going in a little different direction. I don't think this game's going to do that. We will see. Tortorella said something to that effect in the post game as well, where he's of like, I already have a plan. We're going to practice some stuff to get ready for New Jersey tomorrow. And, you know, I, you can. I'm telling you, this is, this is like his Waterloo. He is just basically knowing that he's facing these Metro teams. And this is his opportunity in his mind to show that they're as good as these Metro teams. And they're not. They're just not. And that's not a bad thing. 
but he should come to the realization of that. Yeah, it, it's also just a little bit um, unfortunate just on the Carolina side of things from this game where, okay, Sveshnikov is out because he's sick. Bunting moves up. We talked specifically about him in the preview that he was being underutilized he and he gets bumped up to the yeah. you know top line and he scores a goal in this one. We're like, yeah, well, that was bound to happen, right? Yeah, it seemed like it was going to happen. It was sort of like inevitable. And he and he mm-hmm. did play well and he was getting, um, you know, again, at first blush, we didn't realize when Scott Lawton ran him at the end of the second period, we were thinking, oh, Bunting must have done something. Mm-hmm. He did nothing. And his yeah. back turned to him. But, uh, yeah, so I think the Canes just, to your point, in, in talking to them, had a really good game plan. And the Flyers have to just learn from yep. this and move forward. And I think there's some tweaks they can make that we've talked about uh, in order to make things a little better and, and get, you know, the best we can out of the lineup as it currently stands. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this game against New Jersey. I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, but Yeah, New Jersey had a big did. comeback. So you kind of wonder if that's well, going to just I was that. just more shocked that the Islanders scored four goals in a game. but. <laughs> and lost. lost i know right that's the funniest part of that whole situation but i do want to talk a little bit about the hockey finds cancer night with um owen and everything they did it just seemed to be so lovely and he seemed to be having the time of his life and he was a captain on the flyers bench they like did. they had a captain um, that was a plot twist i did not see coming but um yeah like no. that's the other thing like when John Tortorella kind of gets off the hockey talk he is just like one of the fiercest defenders and supporters of people and you know all the stuff he does off the ice yeah. i love him for that and you know he was just talking about owen like it it was like his own kid in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and just the way that you know he supported him cuz he was like Owen was nervous on the bench and with the camera. Listen, and that Owen can hit the net yeah. better than the other Owen. I know. Well, that was really cute too. How Owen Tippett kind of took him under his wing out there during warmups, and yeah. um, you know, just the way he read the starting lineup in the locker room. All the little clips they showed on the broadcasts were yeah. um, just really wonderful, and I was really happy to see that. And I'm just glad he and his family got to experience that. All of it was nice and touching, and. Everybody did a great job with that. Yeah, love to see that from the Flyers. Well, in the meantime, uh, y'all sent in some fantastic questions, including uh, some answers we've kind of foreshadowed a little bit, but but, uh, we had some additional questions about surprises so far this season and a really fascinating Travis Konechny proposal, a trade proposal, and we will talk about that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you will have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from your seat. They've got deals right up to the start of the event and even up to an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats 
Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with all the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Russ, we've got a good mailbag today. Uh, username Bingy Boodle. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but um, it is a good trade proposition to discuss. Uh, should the Flyers trade Travis Konechny to the Canes for the rights to Alex Nishishkin and a second round pick? Long-term, Mitch Koff is our uh, top right winger, and Konechny will never have higher value. The Canes need scoring and would have Konechny for two playoff rounds. The Flyers would then balance strength at right wing for a weakness at defense. It's a win for both teams. I mean, it's not a bad trade. I would be looking for a little more. Uh, I think I need to get a yeah. roster player and a second, and so that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I think like if you're going to trade Travis Konechny for a prospect, like I don't really have a problem with that in theory. I think it's a good thought. I think it, a it just needs to be a slightly better prospect. And also, if you're banking on Mitchkov, having another prospect in the KHL that is a, a risky situation might not be the way to go here. Like I love the I, this like formation in. Theory. Well, they already have Kolasov, but then that would be a yet another. Yeah, yeah. Well, but having like a skater and a goalie, I right. think, is like your one risk, right. right? In each kind of slot. But yeah, I just think that it needs to be a slightly better prospect and one that's not in the KHL for me to make it work. No, that's fair. I, I that thought crossed my mind. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, Mark wants to know with the yeah. Noah Cates injury, should the Flyers call up Tanner Lazinski? Yeah, of course they should. They should have him up for, you know, immediately. But we know that doesn't happen with the Flyers, so he should be the next call-up. Will he be? I don't know. I can't guarantee it because I could see John going with Lawton there for a while. And so who's going to get called up? You know, we all think it should be an offensive player and watch it be like Victor Mete or something. Like, I just don't know. 
Yeah, it's it's a really interesting question because, you know, we talked about them a lot on the show yesterday with Phantoms Tuesday. And, you know, they are clicking so well together. That top line in Lehigh Valley, there's almost this like risk of breaking them up could cause an issue. But that's what like your top minor right. league players are for. They're for call ups when you need them right. in case of an injury. And right. I think they yeah. I think that it's the right move. I I just don't know if that's in the in the plan right now. And like I'm perfectly willing to accept like an explanation for it not happening that makes sense to me. I just don't know what that is right now. All right, uh, Keith wants to know after watching that Florida versus Ottawa game, it made me think about the Ottawa versus Flyers game with the most penalty minutes in NHL history. Will that record ever get beaten? Yeah, there's probably going to be a game that'll beat it. When? I don't know. It's funny. I was supposed to be at that game last minute. I didn't make it. Um, but, yeah, I think there'll be a game that'll beat Not it. Not the Florida versus yeah. Ottawa game. You're talking about the Ottawa Flyers game, right? No, no. Ottawa Flyers. Yeah. I think that I was supposed to be at. Yes, I think somebody will break that record. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, ever since they sort of changed the rules more to – prevent like next man in scenarios from happening so you don't see bench clearing brawls anymore there's like fewer numbers of players that can get penalized but i mean that game they did have an incident where literally everybody in the ice got 10 so i don't know yeah everybody got a 10 on the ice so if that, that happens who's to say that game more than end. once uh, it is fascinating that the flyers are like four spots out of the top 10 penalized games in NHL history. It is funny, but it is deserving. Yeah. But it just seems like Ottawa, like when they are frustrated, this is like their MO. Like they just don't know how to handle frustration. And it's been a long time issue with that team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was wild. I did end up watching a part of that game of Florida versus Ottawa. And yeah, tensions were high and it wasn't just between, yeah, oh yeah tensions were definitely high wasn't just between the kachucks although that poor grandmother just sitting there in the stands like it was uh it must have been so tough for her anyway tyler wants to know how is ryan paling fitting in right now as of this point in the season do you see the flyers trying to extend him trade him at deadline or just let him go at the end of the season i really don't know yeah, I think it is a really interesting question because Ryan Paling hasn't really had the chance to get beyond the fourth line that much. He's played a few games on the third line, but if he's a guy that's on sort of a prove it contract, if he's trying to prove it that he can be a fourth line center and play limited minutes, like I just don't see that as something he's wanting to prove this year. I think he wants to prove that he has the ability to produce. He has the ability to use his speed for a team's advantage and that there's more to him than being a fourth line center. And I don't think it'll get him very far otherwise he'll just be like a late off-season signing like perennial one-year signing and i i just don't know like where what value that is right now now things can always change we're only a quarter of the way into the season like i don't want to right and that's why i'm really unclear yeah i need to see more yeah i think so too so i i just i I don't think they'll just let him go i think if they decide they're not going to extend him they're certainly going to try and trade him but I just I just don't know what to make of him at the moment. Right. 
No, I get that. I mean, I look, I know what Ryan Paling was going to be, and he was going to be like a top nine guy. Then he's had all these post concussion and all this other stuff. Yeah. And now he's kind of like a bottom six guy and maybe just a fourth line guy. There's very few fourth line guys in the league that get signed ahead of time or multi-year deals unless they're really good at it. Like they have to be exceptional at it. Yeah, I think so too. And the Flyers are loaded with fourth line guys too. That is also true. Uh, The last question for today's mailbag, Deb wants to know, what has been the most surprising thing about the Flyers this season so far? I think the most surprising thing is their unwillingness to change the power play. We just saw a quote from John Tortorella that said, unless he sees the team not trying, he's not going to intervene with the coaching. And it's been bad for a year and a half. I just, I take it, I, I, I say it like this. If this were a teacher and the teacher had a classroom last year where all the grades are down and then quarter into the next you know, school year, all the grades were down. I think that teacher would be under great scrutiny and changes would be made and nothing's happening with this. Like he's not even worried about it, or at least that's what he says. So that surprises me because if he really wants to be a winning team, this power play will derail that. That's the odd part about this whole thing. Well, uh, since we are recording this segment before the game, we'll see if you have to eat your words on a future show about that. Sure, that's fine. Um, but I think, you know, for me, the thing has been the resiliency. I think that this team, John Tortorella talked about the locker room changes and how just things are different now. And it was hard to really like understand what that meant specifically. Um, especially early, early in the season. But now that we've had like a quarter of the season-ish, I can really understand what he's saying because it feels like this is a team that doesn't get down on itself the way last year's team did. They don't take losses as hard. It doesn't like get to them as much. I just feel like that this team is a lot more resilient than last year's. And I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case heading into the season, but so far so good on that front. I really think they could come back from a loss much better than they did last year. Yeah, I think that's true. All right. That will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Of course, we will be talking about that devil's matchup on tomorrow's show plus a draft-eligible prospect profile. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got a mailbag question you want us to answer, you can send them in uh, via the app formerly known as Twitter, at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.